You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Military support has arrived in a northern Manitoba town, bolstering police who are still hunting for two Vancouver Island teens suspected in three B.C. murders. Police admit they don't know if Briar Schmigelski and Cam McLeod are still in the area. But as Tanya Beja reports, at least one criminal expert believes they likely haven't gone far. The search for two murder suspects is taking police door to door. Investigators in Gillam, Manitoba, canvassing the community that has become ground zero in a nationwide manhunt. At one time we felt this is the safest place on earth and it's taken away from us now. It's in the back of my mind, thinking about it every day, where they could be, who knows. One of the military's biggest assets touched down in Gillam to help with the aerial search for Cam McLeod and Briar Schmigelski. The pair wanted in the deaths of American China Deese, her boyfriend Australian Lucas Fowler, and UBC professor Leonard Dick. You can use forward-looking infrared from airplanes uh, and try and figure out in the evenings if somebody's out in the woods from the heat emitted from them being on the ground. And that's probably one of the reasons the authorities have brought in the military. Watching the case closely is the FBI's former lead on the Unabomber investigation. He believes the suspects will stay put. It's very likely, based on a lot of our past experience, that they could very well be close to where they were last seen, that they're having trouble getting out of the area, that they're afraid to move. So they might just hunker down to abandon in a, an abandoned building. Police have cleared more than 100 empty buildings in the area so far and say they can't rule out the possibility McLeod and Schmigelski have moved on with the help of an unsuspecting stranger. The pair were last spotted in Gillam July 22nd and were captured on surveillance video the day before in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. RCMP only released the video publicly on Friday. Prior to us going out with any information, we need to be uh, sure that it's accurate and it's, it's supported by what the evidence is, and then we follow the evidence from there. Investigators are pleading with the public to keep their eyes peeled. Schmigelski and McLeod will be looking for food, water and shelter while battling the rugged terrain. RCMP searching for the suspects spotted this polar bear. It's quite rough, it's quite boggy, it's very dense, it makes navigating from A to B quite difficult. Even, you have, even if you have a map and compass, the um, terrain is quite treacherous, uh, increasing the probability of injury if they're not already potentially injured. Experts say as the days wear on, the suspects will become more tired, more anxious and more likely to make mistakes. Tanya Beja, Global News. This afternoon, murder victim China Dees was laid to rest in her native Charlotte, North Carolina. The 24-year-old is being remembered as a giver who loved people and volunteering. We're learning more tonight after four people died and five others were injured in a float plane crash on a remote B.C. island. You are looking at a new image of the crash just released. That is the site there, about 100 kilometers off the northern tip of Vancouver Island. Jill Bennett has the latest on the investigation. Flights have resumed at CRC planes. They were halted after a fatal crash on Addenbrooke Island, an uninhabited island in a remote area about 100 kilometers north of Port Hardy. Rescue crews were alerted to the crash around 11.30 a.m. Friday. Residents in Port Hardy saw emergency aircraft headed there soon after. They were in a mission, right? One after another went by. We were just wondering uh, what happened. When we came back to town, we, we heard some, some bad news. 
The chartered Cessna 208 caravan left the Richmond floatplane terminal headed for Calvert Island with nine people on board. Four people were killed. Five others were injured. Two passengers in critical condition were airlifted to VGH, arriving around 9 p.m. Friday night. It's not clear the type of injuries they suffered. The others were taken to the hospital in Prince George. Five search and rescue technicians jump into uh, assist the casualties on the ground and to um, to work the rescue scene and to work to get the uh the patients uh, hoisted up into the aircraft. The Transportation Safety Board has deployed a team of investigators to the crash site, but because it's so remote, it will likely take some time to determine why the plane crashed. Air has issued a statement saying it is working with Transport Canada and the TSB to ensure all of its aircraft meet the highest safety standards and that thoughts are with those involved in the accident and their loved ones. Jill Bennett, Global News. A B.C. man is in a U.S. jail tonight, accused in a bizarre rampage in Seattle that caused close to $20,000 in damage. <laughs> 28-year-old Alexander Charles Ormiston allegedly tried to strangle a stranger before jumping on top of three vehicles, including a Tesla, in downtown Seattle Thursday. A video captured the suspect ripping off the sunroof of a Honda Civic before trying to attack a parking enforcement officer with it. Bystanders eventually subdued the suspect until police arrived. The West Vancouver man was arrested after a struggle with officers who say he was most likely in a drug-induced state. Ormiston is charged with malicious mischief and two counts of assault. He was denied bail and remains in King County Jail. RCMP say the man whose body was recovered from the Fraser River near Mission yesterday was involved in a police-related incident in Hope earlier this week. On Tuesday, Hope RCMP received a report of a suspicious vehicle at a home in Yale. Officers spotted the stolen vehicle being driven from the home. Police made several attempts to pull it over. It was eventually stopped with one occupant inside. Officers were also able to arrest three other people, but one man was seen in the Fraser River before officers lost sight of him. His body was eventually recovered yesterday afternoon. The police watchdog agency is now investigating if police actions or inactions may have been linked to the death. The IIO is also investigating the case of a man whose health went downhill after his arrest in East Vancouver Thursday afternoon. Vancouver police were called to Kingsway and Victoria Drive after a 911 call about a man waving a knife and threatening to kill police. Officers used a taser and beanbag shotgun to arrest him. The suspect was taken to hospital where police say a serious medical condition was discovered. The VPD advised BC's Independent Investigations Office of the arrest on Thursday and advised the agency on Friday that the man's health had deteriorated in hospital. Fourteen years after their son's murder, the parents of Matthew Martins launched a new anti-bullying initiative today. 16-year-old Matthew was killed outside a Surrey Skytrain station in 20, 2005. His death, since his death rather, his parents, Sandra Martins Toner and David Toner, have become advocates for justice reform and community safety initiatives. Today, they unveiled a new local chapter of Bikers Against Bullying with an official launch party at the Trev Dealey Harley-Davidson. This new chapter, based out of Burnaby, aims to help the entire Lower Mainland with motorcycles escorting bullied children to school and mentoring youth who may engage in bullying. 
I think still as a society, we tend to turn us a blind eye when something is happening or we're either too afraid to um, get involved or we just think that the kids can handle it themselves and, and you know, deal with it. But, but uh, you know, we, we still need to, to involve ourselves and, and know what our kids are up to and, and help mentor them so that, you know, they don't end up in a situation where it could happen to them what happened to our, our son. North Vancouver RCMP want you to take a good look at a composite sketch of the suspect in an indecent act on a local trail. On July 13th, police say the suspect exposed his genitals to two women as he ran by them using the shingle bolt, shingle bolt trail west of Capilano Road. And the man is described as indigenous, about 30 years old, six feet tall with a lean build, short dark hair and a goatee. The suspect was running with an off-leash dog described as a medium-sized German Shepherd mixed breed. Anyone with information is asked to contact North Vancouver RCMP. A vehicle crash at 6 o'clock this morning closed a four-block stretch along 200th Street in Langley. Police say the area between 24th and 28th Street was closed in both directions but has since reopened. No word on how many vehicles or people were involved. Police say there were no fatalities, but there were several injuries. An update now on the airlift operation of spawning salmon on the Fraser River. This is where a huge rock slide came down north of Big Bar last month, creating a five-meter waterfall blocking the passage of salmon. Rock scaling to make the river's edge safe to access is almost complete. So far, crews have lifted more than 500 salmon to the other side of the slide using a helicopter. We're dealing with live animals and lots of them, and they can be quite large. An adult Chinook salmon can be over a meter long. And so we've got to keep those fish healthy. We've got to keep the stress low on them. We've got to keep their temperature and oxygen levels uh, so that they can survive and, and uh, continue their migration once they get above the slide. A man died after falling from a steep cliff in the North Okanagan this morning. It happened near Vernon at Kalamaka Lake Provincial Park. A 72-year-old Vernon man was hiking along the trails when he fell from the cliff landing in the water. Boaters came to his aid, but efforts to resuscitate him failed. In the Similkameen, the Richter Mountain fire has quadrupled in size to 250 hectares, fanned by high winds, increased temperatures and dry conditions. Danny Seymour has more on why local residents and business owners are very concerned. Fire continues to burn on Richter Mountain in the lower Similkameen. There was like foot and a half long chunks of flying hot branches flying everywhere. I think if we weren't getting everything wet, I definitely would think that the other side of the road would have caught on fire. Now, over a day later, the fire has grown and the regional district of Okanagan Similkameen has issued evacuation alerts for 10 properties in the area. When we first reported on the fire here at Richter Mountain, it was 60 hectares in size. That number has since quadrupled due to high winds, high temperatures and dry conditions. But residents and business owners in this area maintain they aren't concerned since the BC Wildfire Service has been fighting this fire so aggressively. Vincent DeCowens is the orchard manager at Hugging Tree Winery. Even though smoke and fire can be seen within just a few meters of the vineyard, he says he's not worried about the fire spreading to the winery. We have fire crews, uh, firefighter crews here uh, since uh, three days ago. They've been doing an amazing job. They've been letting us know what they're doing. Um, 
they've just been amazing and they've they're, they're they're the best in the world and with so few fires burning in the region the bc wildfire service has been able to throw a lot of resources at the richter mountain fire we have 67 personnel on site at this time with heavy equipment and there's some helicopters out there as well doing some bucketing and then there are no air tankers on site at this point in time but they are available should they be needed we're feeling confident that they're taking care of us which despite a growing fire and decreasingly favorable conditions is exactly what the bc wildfire service says it's doing the growth that it did experience yesterday evening uh, pushed the fire away from communities and structures so there's no additional threat or no threat period at this point in time to the original structures um, and areas out there it's almost reached the vineyard but they're there, they're, they made the line. Although residents and businesses have been told to be ready to evacuate as a precaution, no evacuation orders have been issued yet. Danny Seymour, Global News, near Coston. A maiden voyage that's on a mission for girls and women's education around the globe docked in Vancouver today. The maiden yacht includes an all-female sail team. The vessel is currently on a global tour arriving in Vancouver's Cole Harbour today from Honolulu. Maiden gained acclaim as the first yacht to be sailed around the world by an all-female crew when they raced in the 1989-90 Whitbread Round the World Yacht Race. The maiden will be in Vancouver until August 9th and there will be plenty of opportunities for the public to see the boat and meet the crew. The boat is going around the world. Yeah, I had the chance to help uh, sail just this leg of the journey. Um, and there's about four or five permanent crew. Um, they're the really experienced women sailors and they're going around the world. And then every leg, there's um, four, about four mile builders they take on board. We're sailing around the world raising money for girls' charities. So there's 130 million girls around the world that don't have access to education. And we're bringing that to the forefront and saying this, this isn't right. So we're trying to change that. Excuse me, ma'am, in the water over there. You might not want to swim. The E. coli count is about six times higher than it should be. Kitsilana Beach is close to swimmers for the foreseeable future. Vancouver Coastal Health says a safe reading in 100 milliliters of water is 400 E. coli. At Kits Beach today, the number is 12,000. While yellow tape is up at the shoreline, a few people were still going in for a dip this afternoon. In these conditions, they have a very good chance of getting a gastrointestinal illness, skin rash, eye infection, or all three. E. coli warnings don't bother you guys? No, no. Yeah, not so, so much. Just keep it the water out of our mouths. So we should be all right. Switch, yeah? It's yeah, only like, you know, be all right. Like. You haven't seen anything floating around out there? That uh, uh, He sure. touched a few funny-looking ones, but uh, uh, yeah, you have to watch out. Don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. Ooh, some scary moments for tourists at Athabasca Falls and Jasper National Park yesterday. A college student from Los Angeles captured this video of a bear running across the footbridge full of people. Many got out of the way, but others just stood there, as you can see. The animal managed to get across and scurry up the hill. Two people have been killed in a mid-air collision between a glider and its tow plane. The accident happened southwest of Calgary yesterday afternoon. We get more from Carolyn Curry de Castillo.
It's a sport that allows pilots to soar in unpowered aircraft using currents of air. But on Friday afternoon, the sport turned deadly when a glider plane collided with the tow plane that had launched it. Two people in the glider were killed at the QNIM Gliding Club near Black Diamond. The president of the Alberta Soaring Council knows the two pilots who died. It really is a, quite a, a tragic loss for us as a community to lose two pilots. Um, with the um, short, you know, the shortage of instructors we have in the province, um, that you know has an impact. But it's just you know, the psychological impact is is incredible. And, and when something like this, it does highlight the uh, the risks that are associated that we take on when we participate in the sport, and, and makes us uh, uh, question why we do this. Jason Acker calls gliding extremely safe and says mid-air collisions are rare. Uh, there's always the risk of, of colliding with another aircraft, as we saw yesterday. Uh, or um, just uh, lapses in judgment or conditions change and, and uh, pilots find themselves uh, in situations where um, the, risk, uh, the risks increase. Transportation Safety Board investigators were back at the scene on Saturday. And I'm confident that uh, as we go through and learn more about the circumstances from this uh, tragic event that we will uh, become uh, even more, uh, will be a safer community because of it and, and we'll learn from the lessons, uh, the tragic uh, loss of life. The QNIM Gliding Club posted that it has temporarily shut down as the community grieves the loss and celebrates the memory of two members that represented the best of the club. The club says there are inherent risks to soaring and that efforts are made to ensure safety for all. It will evaluate its operations and meet with members before resuming operations. Carolyn Curry, De Castillo, Global News. In the northern Philippines, at least eight people were killed and some 60 others injured in back-to-back -back earthquakes that struck within hours of each other. The U.S. Geological Survey reported a 5.9 magnitude quake first hit the Batanes archipelago, followed by 20 minutes later by a 4.5. In the same area, the National Disaster Agency says it's sending medical and rescue teams to the impacted islands. Police arrested more than a thousand people today at a banned opposition protest in Moscow. The demonstrators want city authorities to reverse decisions to exclude key opposition candidates from the ballot. The civic officials claimed the local candidates had failed to gather a sufficient number of signatures for their support, something the opposition says is false. A disturbing story tonight from Rome, where two American teenagers are in jail, held in the fatal stabbing of a police officer who had just returned from his honeymoon. Italian police say the officer was stabbed eight times in a quiet neighborhood when he confronted the Americans in connection with a theft. Two American teenagers behind bars in Rome tonight in connection with the fatal stabbing of an Italian police officer. According to Italian police, the teens have confessed after they were arrested on Friday in a four-star hotel in the Prati neighborhood of Rome. At this point, a lot of details are still unclear, but according to the police, this was a drug deal gone wrong, and the officer who was killed was investigating the theft of a bag. Today, there was a brief hearing in Rome. Afterwards, the attorney for one of the suspects said his client was exercising his right not to answer questions in court today. In addition to murder, both suspects are also being investigated for attempted extortion. In Italy today, much of the attention is centered on the victim. He was a 35-year-old officer named Mario Cerciela Rega. He was a newlywed who just returned from his honeymoon. His killing has prompted an outpouring of grief across the country. 
flowers being left at the scene of his death, the Italian interior minister offering condolences on Twitter. Rega's funeral is expected to be held Monday in the same church where he was just married. Sarah Harmon, NBC News, London. In South Korea, at least two people were killed when the upper floor of a nightclub collapsed in the city of Gwangju, about 150 miles south of Seoul. More than a dozen others were injured, including members of the U.S. women's water polo team who are celebrating their win at the World Swimming Championships. Chaos erupts inside a South Korean nightclub as dozens appear to hold up an internal balcony as it's collapsing. Two South Korean men were killed when the structure suddenly came crashing down onto the crowd below. More than a dozen others were injured, including eight international athletes competing in the World Aquatics Championships in Guangzhou. Players from the U.S. men's and women's water polo teams were celebrating the Women's World Championship victory against Spain the day before. American Kaylee Gilchrist of the women's water polo team suffered a deep leg laceration and underwent surgery at a hospital in Guangzhou. Three of her U.S. teammates are recovering from minor injuries. FINA, the international governing body for aquatic sports, says it is monitoring the situation and providing assistance as needed. Authorities in Chile are urging tourists to stay away from the crater of a volcano after it spewed lava this week. A lava erupted inside the crater of the 9,400-foot Via Rica volcano in southern Chile. The peak is in a national park, a scenic area that has become one of the country's top tourist attractions. In health matters, the World Health Organization is urging smokers and governments not to trust the claims from e-cigarette and tobacco companies. The WHO says e-cigarettes and other tobacco products are not helping in the fight against cancer. They say tobacco giants like Philip Morris International are trying to position themselves as responsible public health partners with campaigns to ensure tobacco remains socially acceptable while confusing consumers with terms such as smoke-free products. A Philip Morris spokesperson says the WHO's message is making it harder to provide safer options for people who cannot quit smoking. But the WHO says the development of new products is purely intended to expand the markets of tobacco firms. The answer is it needs to be regulated. WHO's clear guidelines is to get electronic cigarettes to be regulated. If, you, if, you are, if you're banning it, fine. If you're not banning it, regulate it. Don't let it free in the market because the young people will take it up. Just to be clear, tobacco companies are not doing anything to help the situation. It's all PR, right? Totally. Expand their market. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. We are going to tell you about that massive Lotto Max winning ticket that someone in Metro Vancouver may have. But first, tens of thousands are heading down to the beaches around English Bay tonight for the first night of the annual Celebration of Light Fireworks show. Tonight, it is Team India and our Michael Newman he joins us live from the beach. Michael. Yes, yes, Colleen. It's, uh, we've got amazing weather for fireworks right here at um, English Bay, as you can see behind me. Earlier today, it was empty. Now it's chock full of people getting the perfect spot to see the fireworks this, uh, this evening. Joining me is right now is Paul Reynolds from Brand Live. You guys have put this all together every single year. What can people expect from this year's event? Well, I think tonight's going to be a fantastic night. It's the first night we've had Team India in the entire history of the competition. 
Uh, from what I understand, it's going to be very high energy, a lot of a great and amazing music, big bright colors. I think it's going to be a great show tonight. Yes, and it's not just about the fireworks. We were just talking earlier. I've actually never stayed on the beach proper for the whole thing, but there's a lot of things going on. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the music on the Zedfest stage is going to start up in about half an hour. Mm -hmm. We've got Convict, we've got Delhi to Dublin, we've got some incredible South Asian music that's going to get everything going. Yeah. We've got uh, our air show tonight. Pete McLeod is going to be doing the uh, Red Bull air show at 7.45. So there's, I mean, there's an, an entire evening of activity still to be had. All right. And and there's perfect places to sit right here along English Bay here. There's lots of places at Sunset, or uh, where else? In Second Beach as well? Uh, Second Beach is okay. English Bay really is the best part. Mm -hmm. There's still lots of room. There's a lot of people down here already, but yeah. there's a lot of room still here, lots of places to fill in. There's still tickets available for the Keg Lounge for people who want to have a more premium experience. So it's, it's really going to be a terrific night. Awesome, awesome. And then also um, road closures. Road closures start at 7 o'clock. So okay. the West End shuts down in about 25 minutes. All right. Uh, but honestly, bike in, walk in, take transit. It's it's the better option any 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 night on the fireworks. Yeah, well, best of luck in the, for the first night this year. It's going to be a great time coming down. And we're also going to be streaming live the, um, the fireworks on BC1. Right, Colleen? Our, thanks so much, Michael. Team Canada, of course, lights up the sky on Wednesday night. Team Croatia wraps up the event one week from tonight. You can catch all of the shows live on BC1 and on globalnews.ca slash BC starting at 10 o'clock. An absolutely wonderful thing to do, and you don't have to deal with any of the crowds. And it is going to be a beautiful night for the fireworks tonight, Yvonne. Fantastic. And the temperatures are going to be comfortable. The, the sky is going to be mainly clear. So if you're heading down, give yourself that extra time. We'll see temperatures still around 8 o'clock into the low 20s, but around the fireworks, they'll be sitting at 19 degrees. It'll be fantastic to view it, and then dipping down to 17 overnight, and that takes us in towards the morning. Here's a shot of English Bay. Uh, we did uh, see fantastic conditions today. We've warmed up as well, areas near the water into the low 20s, but away from the water with the Humidex today, feeling closer to 30 degrees. A warm one today, and it'll be very similar for tomorrow with a few areas along the south coast even a touch warmer, but not quite record-breaking for us. A few photos that were submitted, a great and beautiful shot. This was in Kootenay Lake of the sunrise this morning, and the Okanagan sent in from Lorna. So thank you so much for those photos. Fantastic to see the conditions and a few other spots are across the province. Highs today for Cologne up to 27 degrees, low 30s for Soyuz. The peace today up to 19 in areas near Victoria getting up to 24 degrees. We are keeping an eye on a system though that is pushing in most areas across the north coast. We'll be looking at a chance of showers and this evening we're still seeing a bit of instability for the central and southeastern areas of the province with the risk of thunderstorms. They are going to taper off this evening. It'll be much calmer and a brighter day ahead for tomorrow. So along the north coast, as we'll see that shower activity for tomorrow, central and southern half of the province, drier conditions. That'll continue to take us into the beginning of next week. And we are looking at temperatures warming up, all courtesy of a ridge that is going to build in. Most areas for the southern interior will see that temperature jump back into the low 30s. Metro Vancouver and areas closer to the water will be close to the average that sits at 22 degrees and we are going to be seeing a very pleasant week ahead with dry conditions. A reminder though the fire danger rating for the southern half of the province the interior with moderate to high in the southern and eastern corners of the island. 
Here's what we're tracking for the piece tomorrow. So a drier day, the winds will pick up at times gusty up to 40 kilometers per hour. Whitehorse, we're at 16, a chance of showers pushing in on Monday and unsettled into early next week. Coastal sections, those will see that shower activity. Inland areas for areas near Stewart and Smithers, we'll see some breaks in the cloud tomorrow. Caribou and Central Interior, a nice improvement tomorrow up to 21 degrees. Dry for the Columbian Kootenai and heating up temperatures into the 30s. Tops in Okanagan up to 28 degrees. One of the warmer days will be Monday up to 31. And Whistler will see that range between 25 and a few spots even getting up to 29 degrees. The island away from the water, inland Port Alberni up to 28. And our five-day forecast, it's fantastic. So similar tomorrow, areas away from the water, 27. The Humidex, though, feeling closer to 30 degrees. A great start to our work week will be on Monday. And then it's Tuesday onwards with a few clouds in the mix, but dry conditions over the next five days so far. Colleen? Sounds good. Thanks, Yvonne. Well, someone's wildest dreams of financial freedom just became reality. Last night's $60 million winning Lotto Max ticket was sold in Richmond. The single winning ticket matched all seven numbers. Just in case you're checking, the unofficial numbers are 11, 15, 17, 20, 24, 25, and 50, with the bonus number 30. The odds of winning the main Lotto Max jackpot, one in 33.2 million per $5. What would you do with $60 million? I don't even know. Um, I haven't thought about that before. Probably buy a house. <laughs> that would be the first thing. Um, if I won, I'd probably help out my kids, of course, and go back and try New York for the second time and see if I really like it this time. <laughs> Fascinating when people are asked that question and the, the number of people who say they wouldn't quit their jobs. That's interesting. It would be cool to win a lottery, though. Wouldn't it would it? be cool, Barry, wouldn't it? It would, would be. be pretty neat. A big one, I mean. I no. mean, what are the chances? What, are the, cha- too, what yes. are the chances, Barry, right? What, what did you win? Chances? A house? Just a few items. I don't remember. It was so long. <laughs> I don't want to take the attention away from this person who won six. No, of course okay? not. Let's just keep the attention not. on them and okay. forget about little old me. All right, All put right? the attention on what you're covering tonight. Uh, well, I tell you what, it has just been a uh, just months of depression as far as oh. the uh, BC Lions and Whitecaps are concerned. Like they are trying to outdo each other. How low can, can the next <laughs> one go? And they, they, I have to tell you, they just keep outdoing each other. And the news is not so great again tonight. So, if that makes you want to come back and watch the sport. <laughs> I guess I don't have the idea of what a what a promotion or a tee should be. The race to the yeah, bottom. Yeah, the Mary. race to the bottom. Right now, the Canucks are looking like, man, that's a successful team. Over there. You've got some other fun stuff. I've, I do. I've yeah, yeah, you got stuff. So Barry, we should mention you do have some really cool sports stories, but you got to get through some tough ones. The first. first half is a little bit about uh, our local teams that are just, uh, as we like to say, they're going through a patch right now. <laughs> that patch has lasted. 75 to 80 days, but, you know, things can only get better, or, or can they? All right, thanks, Colleen. Yeah, there's still time, Ashley, for the Lions to recover from their 1-5 start and get into the playoffs, but they best get it going soon. You get the feeling if they could just put a solid game together and get some confidence, they could get on a roll. Today against the Rough Riders, a chance to put that plan into action. The Manny Show, Manny Arsenault back at BC Place, this time in Ryder Green. Always got a smile on his face. Mike Riley's nightmare, though, continued in the first series 
gets sacked for a league-high 22nd time. And it's the former Lions, Solomon Elamimium, who gets to him. The Lions just can't protect Riley, and it's getting to be ridiculous. Later in the first, more of the same. Riders swarm Riley and bring him down for the second time. Lions conceded a safety. They were down 5-0. It gets worse. The ensuing kickoff after the safety. Yet another former line, Luchez Purifoy, is going to take this one all the way back. Second straight game, the Riders have run back a kickoff against the Lions. I guess those tackling drills this week didn't take. 12-0 Saskatchewan after one. Second quarter, another former line. Quarterback Cody Fajardo with a pump fake here and then finds Kyron Moore for the touchdown. Great throw by Fajardo, 22-yard touchdown. Riders led 19 to three, and Saskatchewan keeps piling on. William Powell will uh, take the handoff, runs into a wall of tacklers, but then they just kind of stop. He bounces it outside, takes it all the way, 42-yard touchdown, too easy for the Riders. The Lions look like they've given up, 26-3 Riders. But then a sliver of hope, the Rider field goal attempt wide, and Ryan Langford pumps some life into the Lions in BC Place. Gets to the outside, some blazing speed, and Langford takes it all the way back. What a play, 118-yard return for the touchdown. So the Lions trail 26-10 at the half. Would it give them a spark? It should have, but in the third, the Riders get back to business. William Powell up the middle, basically untouched. Again, too easy, 34-10. Rough Riders, but Ryan Langford does it again on the ensuing kickoff. Takes it to the outside and blazes his way to the end zone again. 89 yards for the touchdown. Langford, a bright light in what's been a dark season. 34-18 at that point, but it's now 45-18 Saskatchewan in front late in the fourth. Well, the Lions have a lot of company in the misery department. Whitecaps' uh, tumble has been well documented as well. Their last win was over two months ago, May 25th against Dallas. Remember that? Didn't think so. Since then, the Caps have played 10 matches and have lost six of them, including the other night to Canadian pro club Cavalry FC out of Calgary, which is two full tiers below Major League Soccer. A low moment to be sure. And the games just keep coming today. Vancouver in Minnesota for another MLS matchup. Minnesota fourth in the West. Only one loss in ten home matches. A tough place to play. And two minutes in, they had a great chance. Angelo Rodriguez just misses at the back post. Daniel Henry's been one of the best white cap defenders at least this year, but pulls up in the 12th minute with an apparent hamstring injury. Five Canadians starting tonight for Mark DeSantos, but Henry forced to leave. Caps do get a chance. Ali Adnan free kick takes a deflection off a Minnesota player and off the crossbar. The Caps certainly could use some luck, but not this time. And then late in the half, Minnesota with a chance. Darwin Quintero in tight, hits the post, stays out. Nil-nil at the half, and that's where they stand with about 15 minutes to go in the second half. At least it's not a loss. Welcome back. Canadian swimmer Kylie Moss got bronzed today at the World Aquatic Championships in South Korea, finishing third in the women's 200-meter uh, backstroke. That's her second medal of these championships. She won gold in the 100-meter back. That bronze means Canada now has seven swimming medals in the pool, which is our best ever at the World Championships. Our previous best was six medals in 1978. 
Moss, 23-year-old from LaSalle, Ontario, swimming in lane five. She won gold in the 100-meter backstroke a few days ago, but American Reagan Smith ran away with this race, set a new world record in the semis, couldn't break the record again in the final, but still won by nearly three seconds, which is a massive margin in a 200-meter race. Australian swimmer second, and there's Kylie Mass, or Moss rather in third to take the bronze. Counting open water swimming and diving, Canada now has 10 medals, which is seventh most in the competition. World Golf Championships, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational from Memphis, third round, and the cream certainly rose to the top today. Brooks Kepka, maybe he thinks this is a major, kind of as close as he can get to a major without it being one. That's 29 feet away, Kepka rolls it in, takes the outright lead, 14th hole. Kepka tee shot on the par three, and that is very nice. To six feet, made the birdie. Kepka would post 11 under par, but Rory McIlroy finishing with conviction on 17. Rory from 16 feet away. That goes down for birdie. He's at 11 under. And then, next hole, his finishing hole, the 18th from 27 feet. Rory feeling it with the putter. That is center cup. Rory has the lead through 54 holes in Memphis at 12 under, one better than Kepka. They will play in the final group together tomorrow. Corey Connors was even today, tied for 29th at two under 10 shots back of McElroy. Meanwhile, in Lake Tahoe, the Barracuda Championship merits Roger Sloan beginning his third round in a tie for third. Different scoring system here where you get points for eagles and birdies, lose points for bogeys. Sloan, nice touch at the par five, made birdie, gets two points for that. He's at 23 points at that point, tied for fourth. Robert Streb leading the way right now makes this birdie to get to 33 points. They're still finishing up the third round in Lake Tahoe. Surrey's Adam Svensson also made the cut. We'll update scores at 11. LPGA has a major this week, the uh, Evian Championship from France. Mihang Lee was the leader, but how did she miss that one? Little horseshoe on the eighth. So she is now five back. Sun Hung Park from the bunker. Uh, they make it look so easy out of there. Aren't you supposed to take two or three to get out of there? No, she holds it out perfectly. I was thinking of uh, Squire, maybe. Uh, Huju Kim now on seven, won this event in 2014, and she's looking pretty good again today. And then her approach at 17, and that would lead to another birdie. She leads the way at 15 under. South Koreans hold five of the top six spots. Canada's Brooke Henderson is 29th at three under. Penultimate stage of the Tour de France. Egan Bernal of Colombia with the yellow jersey taking it over yesterday. Vincenzo Nibali won the stage. He's the 2014 Tour champ. But Bernal leads by a minute 11 over teammate and defending champ Garrett Thomas of Wales. Bernal, who's just 22, will certainly win the Tour now. He could be the first Colombian to ever win the Tour de France. Ottawa's Michael Woods is 32nd. Very respectable showing for him. And in baseball today, Blue Jays taking on the uh, Tampa Rays at Rogers Center. They were down 9-2 at one point, but in the ninth with two on, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with a three-run blast. That gets Rogers Center hopping, makes it 9-8, Vladdy's 10th of the year, and then Brandon Drury will tie it, rips a solo shot to right, 9-9 after 9. They need to go to extra innings, and in the 12th, the Jays complete the miracle comeback to Oscar Hernandez with his second home run and the team's fifth 
big fly of the day. The Jays are way out of it, but it's still fun to win a walk-off 10-9 the final over Tampa. What's the key to summer in B.C.? From navigating the events that shape the season to navigating the stories that shape our lives. Global News. We cover your summer. All right. Vancouver's only cat cafe is about to get some competition. Cat Horo will join <laughs> Cat Fay as the city's second cat cafe when it opens Monday on Broadway and Fraser. But don't expect the fur to fly between the two businesses. Cat Horo says there's plenty of room for them both in this feline-friendly market. Feline fans grooming their business for its grand opening. We made a, a theme cafe to sort of bring back that nostalgic, uh, childlike feeling. Katoro, Vancouver's second cat cafe, has a cat forest scene, a take on a Japanese animated fantasy film. In My Neighbor Totoro, two girls move to the country and have adventures with forest spirits, including a large and cuddly creature known as Totoro. The idea of having a a forest guardian, um, that that, that really um, spoke to us so that people can feel like they can escape from their everyday lives. Staff mixing it up with bubble tea on one side and face-to-face feline time on the other. I get paid to play with with cats, like this is the dream. (laughs) And they don't expect the claws to come out with their competition. Cat Fay so popular, it was forced to close temporarily less than a month after opening four years ago, when it ran out of comfort cats. There's just such a need for for a way to, to decompress. The demand for cat love strong, Katoro believes both cafes can coexist. So we'll also have a social cause. That's really great. Partnering with the Cat Therapy and Rescue Society charity, customers will also be able to adopt. It really feels good to be able to help these cats that sometimes have nowhere else to go. The rescued felines will recover here as they await forever homes. Kristen Robinson, Global News. My favorite sound. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of cats that need homes. There are a ton that need homes. Um, Last word on weather. Um, If you're heading out to the fireworks, fantastic. Uh, Temperatures will be sitting at around 19 degrees uh, for 10 p.m. when things kick off. And another hot day for tomorrow. And leave your car at home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Please leave your car at home. (laughs) Join Jordan tonight at 11. Good night. (laughs) I, I, I don't know how people go.